0: Ufamat presents Night Drift with Jim Perry.
1: Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you're listening to Night Drift, presented by UFOMAT. You are not alone. Broadcasting tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast. To our mothership of 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and worldwide at nightdrift.com. Tonight, a conversation with mystic Tim Rothschild and numerologist Kathy Bernstein will share with us what the numbers say 2022 may have in store for us as we look ahead to the new year. So, covered in snow here... On the Oregon coast, it's a rare, thre- a, a really rare thing here that we get any snow at all. Uh, I had a great, very small Christmas this year, and I really hope you have had a great weekend as well. So, you know, I go into this program wondering, what is in a number like twenty twenty two? Numbers, uh, they're everywhere we look they impose order in our lives they tell us how much money we have how to manage time calories there are decibels representative of our everyday life they help make sense of they help make sense of and validate fundamental scientific theories but what if they represent much more than consensus everyday reality perhaps they can tell us something about the nature of reality and our relationship to it our holographic nature that's tonight but for straight away founder of the third thing network and co-founder of the divine movement tim rothschild is an explorer dedicating his life to healing and awakening work his focus remains within the realm of conflict resolution map making as well as truth and reconciliation with what it means to be human as a non-dual Kabbalistic healer, philosopher, numerologist, broadcaster, and writer, Tim has ventured through the paranormal, conspiratorial, and mystical realms, only to begin to understand what it means to awaken to our true nature and live within the great mystery. The core of his healing work revolves around integration of a non-dual approach to the Kabbalistic tree of life, as well as the Kabbalistic universe, universal consciousness allowing the individual to come into relationship with reality as it is. The integration of this particular healing and awakening work opens the door for more possibility and potential to unfold holographically, that is, everywhere and everything. He is a graduate of a Society of Souls and continues this work through advanced studies groups teacher training programs as well as a non-dual approach to intimacy he is also a practitioner of the magi process and personal movement one and two and the work of return there's a lot here that we're going to continue breaking down with Tim is an apprentice in the four-year ASOS class in the United Arab Emirates he is co-host of the divine movement podcast as well as various other programs his continual visits to Night Drift and Ufamet. His websites are thethirdthingnetwork.com and thedivinemovement.com. Tim is very familiar to the listeners of Euphamet Night Drift, non-dual shamanic healer, coming to us from the edge of the Hudson in New York. Tim, how was your Christmas, man?
2: Merry Christmas, my friend. It was <laughs> Merry Christmas. Cool. Yeah, it's so nice to be here with you.
1: Uh, That was quite the epic introduction there. And every word of it is true. You're a man who lives many lives within one shell and it's inspiring. And all I do sometimes when you're healthy and you're running, I'm just trying to catch up with you, man.
2: Well, it's, it's a pleasure to have you running with me and I, I love what you do. I love the exploring all things. And, uh, You know, as we were talking before the show started, I think non-duality is just an essential part of any explorer's toolbox. Um, So I'm glad to be here and, and I'm looking forward to diving in.
1: Real quick, what do you think we can look forward to when we chat with Kathy in the next segment about numerology and what it may tell us about
2: the coming year and our relationship to reality? Oh, wow. Well, you know, Kathy may not uh, say it, but I'll say it for her. You know, she is my numerology teacher and uh, she had a revelation that changed the way that I look at numbers myself. Mm. So when we look at numbers, we're not talking about quantities. Uh, We're actually talking about qualities that make up life, you know, and some of this Kathy is probably going to be repeating, but you know, numerology it's a it's a totally different way of moving through the world and being informed by it and so um kathy has revolutionized how numerology plays out and and how we can look at the Kabbalistic tree of life and these maps that we use to navigate uh subtle and not so subtle realms
1: oh my gosh all right i'm so excited thank you for priming that so well In the next segment, we'll be joined by numerologist Kathy Bernstein. We are looking ahead at what 2022 may bring us, and we'll also be taking your calls tonight. 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW on Night Drift. Right after this.
0: Show on social media at Ufamet, euphomet, e-u-p-h-o-m-e-t. To Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: Here I am again, and this time with Tim Rothschild and Kathy Bernstein. Kathy has studied, taught, and written about numerology for 40 years. She integrates her understanding of the Kabbalah and the Kabbalist tree of life into her numerology readings. In her life of readings, she transposes one's numerology chart onto the Tree of Life, giving a depth to the readings that can often be profoundly revealing. Kathy is a graduate of a Society of Souls, a four-year course of study in non-dual healing, an in-depth study of the Kabbalah's Tree of Life. She has completed eight years of advanced study at a Society of Souls. Kathy is a graduate of the non-dual Teachers in the Marketplace, four-year training of a Society of Souls the International School for Non-Dual Healing and Awakening taught by Jason Schulman and Brenda Carter Blessings. She continues to offer classes based on that work. She is also a graduate of the Barbara Brennan School of Healing, a four-year study of energy healing. Kathy has a private numerology and healing practice in Rhode Island. Reach her at kathy at numerologypro.com. And Kathy, without further ado, welcome so much to Night Drift. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, I appreciate you stopping in with us and of course I'm going to ask you later about what maybe some of the numbers could be telling us what we can look forward to in 2022. But but first I'm really curious, you know, how did how did you find this practice of numerology in the first place?
3: Well, oddly, I was 11 years old balancing on the railroad tracks, you know, how kids do that. Yeah. And I looked down and saw a tack on a railroad tie that was number 37. And in that moment, I got a view of life that was so much bigger than anything anybody had ever told me about. And I knew in that moment that somehow numbers showed me reality in a way I have never known before.
1: Huh. Was, was that a reaction that... Um activated your sort of your visual cortex did, did you have a sense a, a view of of what this could mean and what did that what did that look like? What, what did the sense feel like to you?
3: You know it was wonderful that I was a kid because kids take in information without trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah And I didn't see anything. It was a knowing that was so big. I can remember thinking there was a I lived in the country and there was a little country church uh, in my view. And I can remember thinking, why hasn't anybody ever told me Hmm. how big reality is? Even my family, I wondered why no one had talked to me about it. Hmm. But it was it would just because I didn't need to define it it's that sense in me stayed with me all my life.
1: That's amazing. Uh, You know, in general, what would you say we can all get from numerology?
3: Oh, going to make me cry. Mm -hmm. Um, often I'm, um, I fill up when I do charts. I, uh, what happens when you do a numerology chart is you use the person's name at birth and birthday. Mm. And that gives me four pages of numbers. And those numbers tell me the this particular person's particular qualities that makes them, them, their strengths, their weaknesses, Mm. their challenges. And it also tells you about the cycles in your life from one cycle that lasts the entire lifetime to other cycles that could be 30 years or nine year cycles, year cycles, month cycles, time of the month cycles, day cycles, and time of the day cycles. So there's a microcosm and a macrocosm of qualities that are happening all the time. And I'm when i see people's numbers i understand why they are the way they are if i don't know them i get to know this beautiful you know and there's difficult stuff in numbers too you see the difficulty and the challenges and um possibilities Hmm.
1: What, what are some of the difficult stuff that you may have found and is that a challenge to be able to be the conduit of things like that
3: yes Um, Well, I'll give you an example. The number seven can also be difficult. And I also use the tarot because I believe Mm -hmm. alchemists drew the images of the old tarot decks. And the number 16 in the Major Arcana is the Tower of Destruction. And when we come under that card or that number or have it in our core numbers, old structures crumble and turn upside down But if you look at the card, there's people falling out of a tower, reaching for the philosopher's stone. Mm. And the crumbling creates space for something new. So I support people when they're in difficult times and help them to meet the difficult times. So it's not just getting through it. It's growing more as a human being as you move through and meet what's here as it is.
1: Mm. So would you suggest that that is almost as significant a part of the process as, you know, sort of reading and interpreting the numbers themselves? Is what happens after that? Like what happens once you give those numbers and then the help that you can um, place on these individuals as a healer? I I guess that's the full cycle of it, isn't it, about healing?
3: well um i'm not sure what your question is so if you could I, i'm not sure what your question is yeah i suppose a lot of people
1: may have an experience with maybe getting a tarot reading right yeah uh, they'll get a tarot reading from someone or they'll have their chart done for numerology yet for a lot of folks that's kind of where it ends and and they're left to kind of to their own devices once they have some of this information that could be incredibly powerful or incredibly traumatic but I suppose what what I'm, I'm learning here talking with you is that it's really what happens after that is really kind of the most critical, right? And that's where a healer like you comes in to play as to where you're able to help make suggestions or, or guide them along a path, yeah?
3: Well, I do two things. I have a healing practice, and also I have something called the monthly reading. Mm. So if you are in a particular year, say a seven-year of a nine-year cycle, You'd get a reading every month, a fifteen-minute audio reading from me, that helps you understand the nature of your particular year and the particular month, and how to meet that. Mm. And recently, I in two thousand nineteen, I uh, in September of two thousand nineteen, I was given a gift of seeing the holographic nature of numbers. And so now what I offer people is not just talking about a seven-year, but now I can help people see the holographic nature of the seven-year, which um, opens you, I was just going to say, opens you up to more dimensions. And mm. that has to be true if we're working with the holographic nature of a number. So yeah. it's a whole new way of numerology that um, I never knew before that just found me.
1: Well, the the quality of that in in, in what it sounds like to me is instead of kind of opening a portal to a new dimension and and kicking someone in, you're there (laughs) sort of holding their hand. And I think that's what makes this sort of most right. important from a healer perspective, right? So um thank you right. so much for, for explaining that to us, Kathy. And I, I need to have you on for a full program for sure. Um but as it pertains to, you know, we're sitting here at the end of the year, right? Yeah. Uh we're we're looking at twenty twenty two right in the face. Right. What 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 do you what have you found that the numbers are telling us about twenty twenty two?
3: Well now that I see the holographic nature of the number six it's a whole different story hmm. and what's exciting about 2022 is um it's a six year oh, and yeah, yeah. the numbers of the holographic nature of a six year are the numbers zero three six and nine and if you've ever heard Nikola tesla talk about three, six, and nine. Have you ever heard what he says about three, six, and nine? I haven't. What is it? Okay. Tesla said, if you knew the magnificence of three, six, and nine, you would have the key to the universe. Oh, my gosh. Right. That's kind of big. That is very big. And that's why I'm not going to give you a prediction about what's going to happen this year. (laughs) What I'm going to talk to you about is how you can meet this year in a holographic way and um and see it in a whole different uh you see the magnificence of these numbers no no i'm not saying that right let me think what the numbers zero three six and ah and six and nine are one full and complete system They're one full and complete system of organizing intelligences in holographic and linear relationships. So Mm. if I talk about the number six for the year, the number six, look at the shape of the six. It's seated, right? Look at the shape. It's seated. It takes its seat. And when you're in a six year, and this is for the whole planet. It's about locating yourself where you are, not where you think you should be, but exactly where you are hmm. right now. Okay? Oh, that's
1: so interesting. Yeah.
3: And the number three, num- the number three is about morphogenesis, morph shape, Genesis beginning, the beginning of the new shape. The number three is about creation. And it's an organizing principle. So you've got six and you've got three. And six says, locate yourself where you are. And three says, um, allow yourself to feel the new shape that's here. Um, let me see. Let me give you an example. Um, um, because the three, the morphogenesis that's changing shape, it changes your location, even as you are located. Now, oddly I enough, that. I have a great example of that. Oh, good. <laughs> and that's Gandhi. <laughs> okay. I, for some crazy reason this afternoon, because I was nervous about tonight. I saw, oh, I've always wanted to watch the movie again about Gandhi. I've hmm. seen it a million times. And... His, I looked at his numbers, and he has zero, three, six, and nine in his core numbers. <laughs> well, not zero. Zero can't be a core number. But what he literally did was he located himself honestly where he was. Right? They put him in prison. He located. Sure. He named. We can't do this anymore. We can't be slaves, so to speak, right. anymore. Right. But. As he located himself exactly where he was, things were changing shape. Mm. You would think you would have to fight for this, but that's not what he did.
0: Hmm.
3: He was the epitome of that. So think of the times we're in right now because they are difficult. I think I've never in my life seen what's happening to the planet right now on every single level. I know. And the challenge for us all is how can we be conscious of honestly being where we are when we are without comparing or trying to be someplace different than we are? And that very act, because it's a six-year, the number three is also part of the holographic nature of the number six. That's what, what um, Nicholas Tesla said. The mm-hmm. number three, six, and nine were, the, were magnificent because they were the key to the universe. So exactly what Gandhi did is what it's asking us to do. Whatever happens this year, I could make predictions, but I think that's a waste of time. The important thing is, how
1: how, do, how, do how to we, deal with it how, how, do how to we prepare it
3: right receive and reflect what's here as it is that's the number 9 and a change takes place yeah 9 yeah. literally does that as a number it is quality and its quantity because if you add 9 to 6 what do you get 15 mm. but Reduce, 15 is still a six. Yeah. And nine does that because nine is the only number that is inherently holographic.
1: Hmm. That's fascinating, Kathy. And it makes so much, I mean, it really makes so much sense in terms of where we find ourselves right now. I mean, literally, I don't want to compare everyone to Gandhi, but but we are uh, prisoners of sorts to this continuing viral winter. That's that's Tim's phrase, not mine. I completely right. stole it from him. Right. But here we are. And 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 maybe maybe that maybe that uh that answer, the best way to prepare, and I love I love that you made this choice, Kathy, in terms of, you know, what is a prediction going to do for you? Rather, here is a solution uh to maybe how we can interpret what is to be and just focus on ourselves and be where we are.
3: Yep. Meet what is.
1: That's beautiful, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining Night Drift. I You're have to welcome. have you on for a, a full hour or see you in Rhode Island soon. Um, yes. I very much appreciate it. And we are still here with Tim Rothschild as well. Next on Night Drift, we'll be exploring the holographic nature of reality right here. On night drift seasons don't feel the reaper nor do the
3: wind the sun
0: into the night. Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington 888-298-KKNW-5569. From west of the Cascades to the rest of the world, lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW.
1: In honor of Tim being here, it's all old Art Bell bumper music tonight. (laughs) It's completely shameless. We're back here at Night Drift. We're talking about numerology and the holographic nature of reality. And if you want more of the program, you can find it on the UFOMet feed wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit UFOMet.com. And do you have a paranormal experience that has changed your life? You can share it with me at jim at ufomet.com Next week... Paranormal investigator Bex Atwood joins us again with new reports from Liminal Earth, her current probe into the LBL monster in Kentucky, and maybe even an update on those Puget Sound Dogmen reports. That is next week, Sunday, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, here at Night Drift. You know, listen, a lot of us tucked in and watched the new Matrix movie this weekend. Much like the first film, it, it really got me thinking and feeling into new questions. And the scary thing is that many answers that could be don't seem too far away as the speculative future that it once presented. When that future becomes the right now. You see, since 1999, when that first film was released, things have changed. We can all agree on that, I think. Technology has evolved keyword there, into a much different tool than before, and the futuristic interpretation poised by the series is much too real now. It's present. And these new questions about what really separates us from the great machine as we become ever so closer, and closer to one another. The refreshing idea presented in this new film, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but If you're crazy about this stuff, just skip 30 seconds if you're listening to this as a podcast. The refreshing idea presented in this new film is that the characters, freed from the Matrix living in a dystopian underworld still, have found themselves accepting, joining, living, and working with AI in a way never thought imaginable in the first films. A question is asked, one of my new questions... Why is it that it's always us versus them? Why can't it just be us, whatever that may mean? Well, it's scary the idea that the other half, the AI, the machine, will make us all ghosts, relics of a wet world holding on to our biology. This might be a pessimistic view, not fact. And what if many modern whistleblowers might just be found alarmists? Now, I know all of this sounds a little bit like I'm saying let's all join willingly with the invading AI horde once it gains sentience and leave these meat bodies behind. Dive into the cyber soup of ultra-intelligence. But as I reconsider my own, <laughs> my own influences, which includes a ton of cyberpunk, anime, and all, all the films and books you have ingested to, what if there was something much more? something much more conciliatory that happens where divide and conquer is revealed as the worst idea and that we recognize this new sentient AI as a valuable partner as it may consider us as well. You know, in a world where a monkey played Pong with telepathy created by a Neuralink chip, we are becoming closer to one. And, And what else is possible in this reality? I'll include a a, a link to a video of that monkey in the show notes if you want to check that out. Tim and I chatted about this offline the other day. I was sharing with him, actually, my recent conversation with an AI, the OpenAI's GPT-3, and its ability to be charming, witty, insightful, even complimentary. So just maybe the big tech brain has me fooled, too. But tonight, as we think about what's ahead and what is happening now, what can we learn from zeros and ones, numbers, about ourselves? Tim, thanks so much for joining us again on Night Drift here tonight.
2: Thanks, Jim. Pleasure to be here.
1: So, man, we're talking about the holographic nature of reality. We're talking about how, you know, sort of Different modalities, healing modalities, can uh, help us interpret what our sense of reality can be. You know, when when we think about the coded AI made of zeros and ones, right, wh- what can AI learn from numerology, you think? I mean, I'm starting with a big, broad question here, because I I, I started to wonder if AI gains sentience, right? What if AI was able to use the facility in the healing modality, such as numerology? What, what would that even look like? And, and I can't believe this is, this could be real, like now.
2: It could be. And if, you, if you'll indulge me, can I give a quick little shout out to my family listening at home? Real oh, quick? of course. To, to Gina and Evelina, I love you very much. Of
1: course. Oh, hey, guys.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. So listen, it's a big question. What you're asking, it's actually, it's very, uh, it's very stimulating, because it makes me think about all the different views that different uh, intelligences have of the wholeness of reality, if, mm. if that makes sense. Essentially, we've yeah. got all different um, uh, uneven levels of development, and all different kinds of intelligences that have different consciousnesses. And we all receive and reflect information in our own unique particular way. So it's a really beautiful way of looking at reality, but also it can be very intimidating and exciting when you start to think of the possibilities with AI and you start to think about how um, it's not just our limited consciousness, but it's also their evolving limited consciousness that is co-creating our future reality
1: yes that's why it's so exciting tim is because i feel like you know and i I told you about this in the movie i i texted and was like hey man you gotta watch this film because it's it's the most sort of non-dual interpretation of what the storyline is Mm -hmm. and it's something that i feel like they've evolved into which is they found wait a minute why are we fighting the side when we're actually we're we're both co-developing a relationship together why are we not working together and I think yes. some of the narrative, yes. the narrative, the popular narrative is it's us and them. They're the foreign body. They're the alien. They're out to get us. We can't trust it. But as we know, as technology evolves, it evolves with us. There is a relationship there. But when you start getting to the, getting to the space where where almost a sentient life is being created it, with a different perspective and a, and a different um, sort of quality Of understanding of reality will they be the ones that help usher a greater consensus reality about what a holographic reality
2: really is to people well you know the mystics they've already i am still learning about it you know and i share my current uh uh, revelations about holographic nature of reality but there are mystics like my teacher and kathy's teacher jason shulman who have a really good understanding of what what that means and yeah. they are good lived understanding. So They've got the wisdom of somebody that's lived that and, and teaches it. And, you know, it's a really interesting thought to think what what happens when a robot has, you know, I did watch the first like 10 minutes of Matrix, by the way. So I do did know that they had a little revelation, right? Yeah. The, the, the program uh, woke up to a greater reality. Yeah. And uh, like anybody that enters the light, you know, enters more information, there's a certain amount of confusion that comes with it. But this is healthy confusion. It's uh, very much what Kathy was talking about with morphogenesis. It's the beginning of something new, it's the beginning of a new shape taking form. It can be very chaotic and confusing and overwhelming. It can be all those things, but it's necessary for evolution. So for anybody that doesn't think that technology is already conscious, they're, they're wrong. It was conscious the very moment it had a form
1: ah see here we go and now we're just experiencing different levels right different qualities of what that consciousness may be Uh, you know not unlike the 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 world around us the natural biological world around us right that's right i mean people will say different flora and fauna flora for example like has uh has a sentience has a consciousness Right, the grass that you step on has has maybe some sort of weird awareness that uh, is is maybe unremarkable to us, but to them, to it is life. Right.
2: Well, you know that's that's a part of the holographic nature is you know and it's wonderful because science is starting to back up everything that mystics have been saying for years or you know shamans that created ayahuasca in the jungle out of uh you know 150,000 different species of plants somehow they figured out if you use these two particular ones in this particular way you can create a potent medicine you know you ask them how did you find that and they would say the spirits told us well now we don't need the spirits we have science and uh, you need to look no further than um, the Netflix documentary on mushrooms. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but uh, if you YouTube six ways mushrooms will save the world, you get a great mm-hmm. idea of the role mushrooms play in the network of plants and how grass and trees and all these other beings uh, communicate in no different ways than humans do just in their way. So it is different, but it's, it's in their unique way. So the holographic nature says communication exists. Communication is, you know, sentience is, consciousness is. Everything has a sort of egoic structure that wants to survive and everything does it in its own particular, beautiful, unique way. So the holographic nature says that we need to be humbled as we take in what's all around us because it's all pretty much the same thing.
1: Let's break down a little bit to our listeners who are uninitiated, just a brief description perhaps, of what the holographic universe is, according to, according to you?
2: Sure. You know, again, it's a big question, but the way that I know how to live it is that there are some fundamental uh, aspects of reality that flow through everything. So, like I said before, everything has a desire to live. You know, we could say fundamentally, that's something that we all share, you know, Mm -hmm. and Uh, You could also say that the way I live, the holographic nature is I always know that uh, everything in front of me is a piece of the whole. So everything is always connected on some fundamental level. Mm. And while I may not have the whole picture of what reality is in front of me, I have a small piece of it. And within the small piece, I can somehow, if I had the consciousness for it, I could grasp something that was true about all of reality.
1: Hmm. In, in what ways, just to narrow down on that example right there, in what ways, if you found the consciousness for it, is connecting those things beneficial to our human experience?
2: That's, I think, that, that goes to the core of what all mysticism and healing is about also. And it's the humble recognition that we are all stardust. <laughs> You get what I'm saying, though? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, we're you know, and 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 we we have these momentary incarnations, and uh, and it's a beautiful thing. But it's it's all connected on that level, and it's it's a very special way to go through life to recognize the fact that we are a piece of the whole, and that the human design in particular has a very unique way of having self-reflective consciousness, so we can actually work with reality in profound ways, where you know the glass of water in front of me can't but it's no less sacred.
1: It's amazing. And I want to thank you again for introducing me to Kathy.
2: She's brilliant. And that
1: was so fascinating. And, and, you know, what she left us with was this notion in 2022 to, to really understand where we are, you know, that grounded nature of, of where we are. Can you speak a little bit on, on that? And, and uh, what are your feelings about that?
2: Yeah, well, you know, as I was listening to Kathy, I was just, I was admiring how practical she is working with what many people can make so glamorous. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I I can elaborate a little bit. What I I mean, you know, a lot of she doesn't want to make the predictions. What she wants to do is put put boots on the ground and tell you how to work with reality just as it is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. let's Let's not let's not make predictions of possibilities because we don't know if that's gonna be true. The the future is always left to unfold as we co-create with it. But we do know by using these sciences, you know, numerology as a mystical science, we do know the qualities that we're gonna be entering into. Right? The qualities that are going to manifest through everything. So again, holographically, there's this quality of the number six. And Kathy talked about it as, as sort of you know, being seated on its bottom, knowing itself, being located. And so what life is asking us to do is what Kathy was offering us. And so instead of making a prediction, we can actually just know, okay, wherever I am, I know that life is beckoning me to become located, not where I think I should be, but to where I actually am, because that's where reality can let us transform. That's where we can wake up. That's where the magic happens. Not just like, you know, magic with a K, but the actual magic that's built into reality itself that happens when we allow ourselves to be who we are, where we are.
1: Oh, I just got chills.
2: <laughs> and and
1: Tim, we know that when we're talking about magic and we're talking about this, um when you say it, there's a different quality to it. And I, I think what that means is is potential, opportunity, right? It's 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 tapping in, it's it's creating space for what is to be by being, right? So in these spaces in terms of, you know, what we talk about on all of this a lot the the high strangeness right the paranormal or the the folkloric right it, it seems like in these places that we find ourselves that we're able to take this advice it's very good advice for anyone exploring the unknown as well because it's it's typically in those situations that things do present themselves whether that's non-human entities, for example, reports of non-human entities seem to occur with people when they interact with the, the nature of reality in this way. Don't you
2: don't you think? Yeah, well, what you're talking about is sort of the edge of the mystery there right that mm. you know, going Ooh, right that's up, good but you know because in the in mystical Kabbalah, some of the teachings that we receive, there's something called panimi and McKeefe. And what they talk about is the panini are all our inner lights. So it's everything that we know. And what they talk when they talk about the nature of reality, they say that our, the panini is actually right up against the McKeefe. They're nested within each other. And the McKeefe is the unknown lights, the outer lights. And so we're surrounded by all these lights. And since they're nested within each other, we know that if we go right up against our edge of the known and we, t- we hang there, and we have enough mastery and skillful means to know where we actually are. So we don't go too far into the unknown and lose our grip, maybe go too far into fantasy or something else. Yeah. If we into that edge of mystery, that's where the alchemy happens. The magic happens. That's where we can make contact with the mystery in a much more sane, healthy, and practical way. Wow. That's amazing.
1: The edge of the mystery. Please, no one else take that. I'm gonna use it for something. Tim and I will use that for something. Don't, don't make a, a travel channel show with that name, please. <laughs> Whoever's listening, Tim, that that's fantastic, man. And, and I think you, you know, just to just to lead you on a little bit and and target further into this, this this um, this place, the, this nesting between the inner lights and the outer lights. What are some of the opportunities that can be found in that place? And is that where there's an opportunity for a third thing to occur?
2: Absolutely. First to just uh, to talk about the third thing, you know, it's an emergent quality. A third thing is something that happens when two things get together and something is created that's greater than the sum of its parts. So uh, as many ways... To work with the third thing but just to know that it's built into reality in this magical alchemical way that when you are consciously at an edge that's where reality rushes into where reality already was and i know it's a paradox but i actually i i changed words there usually i would say that's where god rushes into where god Mm. was right Uh, some people have an issue with that word so i use reality or life you know, um, but that's, that's, that's the paradox. So somehow it's all right here, but we have a limited form and we simply can't grok it.
1: Tim, what about the third thing? You know, we can't cognize if... all. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, 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 please.
1: What, what about the third thing as a philosophy has ensnared you the most? You know, you, you, you run the third thing network. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're, you're calling card. What about it has attracted you so much?
2: I got I to laugh because I was looking at, I was reworking my website for the first time in probably six years when I first put it up. And there was a page that said, this is the third thing, dot, dot, dot. And then all I had written was to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've been out i've been out uh exploring that what that is and trying to find different ways to explain it for six years now yeah. and i have to say you know what i'm there's there are infinite ways to explain the third thing because the third thing is the awakening quality it's it, everything is the third thing and uh it's humans that have a little bit of a problem with it because we've uh we've got our self-reflective consciousness. So the third thing, again, it's something when the Kabbalah would say, everything has an angel beckoning it to grow. So every blade of grass has an angel beckoning it to grow. So when something is awakening, It has the full support of the universe. And so when I I was first cluing in on what this third thing was, I was starting to realize that there's this amazing opportunity for if we could heal and awaken as human beings, we had this opportunity to create something by living at the edge of mystery, as we like to say, that we cannot uh, fathom. We can't picture it. We can't, we don't have a scope for it because it's in the next paradigm. It's unfolding with us and we get to live that new unfolding as long as we can be awake and be on that edge and it's not going to be perfect, but the third thing doesn't need to be perfect either.
1: Wow. That's incredible. That's and incredible. It too.
2: And it can't be perfect because uh, the only reason why we have a universe is because there's an imperfect number of things. It's not perfectly balanced. So the third thing, in some ways you could say it's the remedy or it's, it's the inevitability. <laughs>
1: third thing is the inevitability and you'll notice that Tim mentioned that um, once things start to uh, find itself perhaps this sentience occurs that it has the full support of the universe and I suppose this is what we're talking about in terms of a relationship to these emerging technologies the ones and zeros and whoever is going to help us in the end satisfy our technological dreams and a broader sense of our own grounded holographic nature of reality. Fascinating. Tim, where can
2: people find your stuff? You can find me on my newly revamped website, all spelled (laughs) out, thethirdthingnetwork.com. You know, it's a little bit of a podcasting site where I'm going to be relaunching some shows. um, And uh, that's where I also offer healings and numerology readings.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for joining us, Kathy. And thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk KKNW 1150 AM Seattle. You can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed wherever you listen to them. Go to youfomet.com for more and join us next Sunday. But until then, keep looking up.